Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, asshole, mother boy, dumpster, galloping wit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show! Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Good day, Duvall Nation, and thank you for that warm welcome. I can't believe you all came. Man, what a great audience. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. For the uninitiated among you, I am your host, Derek, and this is my little world where I introduce you to another incredible person, or in this case, two of them. So what's been going on lately? First of all, the dreaded COVID is back in full force, and holy shit, we should have seen Delta coming from a mile away. I know I sure did. If you were listening to this show and you are unsure of getting the vaccine, this is about the only time I will say this. Pause this recording and schedule your shot right now. You'll thank me for saving your life, and others will thank you for possibly saving theirs. Has anyone been keeping up with the Olympics? With work and time zones, I've mostly been catching the highlights, but it seems like there were some great moments, including the GOAT herself, Simone Biles' incredible courage that she displayed. Way to open a dialogue that is much needed. I want to take the chance to say thanks again to my last guest, Dick Thalen, survivor of USS Indianapolis. You want to talk about an incredible response. It was the second highest downloaded show I've ever done. I checked my analytics the morning after it came out, and I had to refresh Transistor to make because I thought it was acting strange. I'm happy to tell you he is doing well and staying healthy. So, episode 22 of the Derek Duvall Show. What do I have in store for you? Well, I want to welcome Ben Lord and Stephen Kibble the creators of the powerful documentary After 82, The Untold Story of the AIDS Crisis in the UK. This is an amazing film, incredibly moving. They will be talking about the creation of the film and give us some insight into some other issues. This is a very, very good interview, and you are going to enjoy it. But I need to forewarn you. I normally edit out most of the F-words out of my shows, but for this episode, I've left them in because I want to get a few points across. So if language offends you, Sorry, be offended by veterans being homeless or something, you know, something worth being offended about. So, Duval Nation, without further hesitation, direct from London, England, please welcome Ben Lord and Stephen Keeble. <laughs> Stephen, Ben, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are things in London today? Um... Uh, well, yes, they're great. They're great, actually. Had a bit of an argument in the in the cafe this morning. But yeah, that's another story. I got threatened by somebody a who man. a drunk man, basically. Um, as you do, as you do. But that's another story. And, um, and the, yeah, that's what I was going on. Yeah, and um, it's quite mild, actually. It's, it's cloudy. It's cloudy. A bit of sun. But it's it's still very mild and yeah yeah it's okay. It? And getting it's a right. bar of dark right. chocolate um later on so yeah. to your You've fans your and fans and listeners of Derek yeah. Duvall dark chocolate for me Ben Norda after eighty two interview over thank you <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so in 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 so yeah everything's fine yeah so. Yeah. I- I have to have all my chocolates brought over and brought in. I can't take American chocolate. It's just not good. You give me a Cadbury's caramel any day, my friend. That's my jam. CDM, they used to say. Cadbury's caramel. Ah, oh. um, uh, yes. Yeah, love it. I start my interviews with the same question. 
And that is, how has it been for the both of you to navigate this crazy COVID world? Mm, I'll be, I'm going to be yeah, honest. It, um, for me personally, it's been fantastic because I can't stand people half the time, <laughs> especially people I don't like. So I, that's a positive thing out of it. And I know that sounds really awful, but um, maybe it's because I get a little bit anxious sometimes. And so people haven't been in contact. But apart from that, I think the positive thing is that you learn who your family and friends are, but also there's been a real community, oh, yeah. <clears throat> community spirit. And we've got mm. to know people. And there's a lovely woman, um, I'll be very brief about how she sadly passed away due to something else, that we got to know. And she was the right character. Oh, she's wonderful. Sarah with her dog and her dog. Oh, we got chatted. I can have to. She told her, My dog, my dog's on heat. I went, oh, God, crikey. She said, Last night, my dog was keeping me up all night because she's on heat. And she's looking at me and said, Mummy, I want cock. <laughs> so that's um, our experience of COVID. Yeah. We yeah. just met these real characters because normally they wouldn't talk to you, but because there's no one else talk to you know it was quite quiet around our way they come and talk and she was wonderful i hate the bloody nhs don't let her let me die in that place she said if i collapse in the street leave me there she said i'm not having no prodding me and yeah she said she brightened up our day yeah bless her she's looking down from skies now i think it's just you know you you could go two ways with this and for me I said right at the beginning, okay, this has happened. I can either go, oh my God, and never do anything <clears> again and sit in my house and slowly fester and whatever. Or I could use common sense and go, okay, this has happened. Now I'm going to go out, I'm going to get some air, and I'm going to make this as, in brackets, normal as possible. So we went to our local cup, and instead of sitting down, we had it in takeaway cups. And... It's just keeping yourself busy. And I know a lot of people just sort of were like, oh, God, I'm just watching telly. I'm so depressed. And I think if you live on your own, it's probably a different, yeah. it was different kettle of fish. And I, I kind of get that. But we just said, you know what? We've got each other. And it's like, we're just going to carry on as in brackets, normal as possible. And that's what we've done, really. And yeah, that's so... To say, yeah, it's but I, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think like you're saying, like if you're on your own, it's going to be a lot more. Worse oh, definitely. Yeah. If you're not, so so yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of plus positives and negatives to come out of it, mm. and that is that we've got to know our community. We always have yeah, done, but that's a lot thing. more. That's yeah, thing. and I think this has really made people think. Like we know a lot of people who have just gone, <laughs> okay. Another thousand pound in the in the 2, in the pot. Two thousand pound in the pot. Fuck it. I'm just going to leave London and I'm going to go to the country. I'm sitting on half a million pounds from my flat. I'm going to sell it. Go and buy somewhere for two hundred thousand in the country. You know, in Yorkshire or something. And I've got money in the bank. And he's made them appreciate that. Mm. You know, I'm alive. Okay. <laughs> There's more to life than work. Yeah. And I just see a lot of people because apparently house prices in Yorkshire and everywhere except London are just going up. Yeah. And and, and I think it's really made people think, you know, which, if I may say so, I was having this really interesting conversation last night with somebody and they've said that this pandemic has brought a lot of memories back from the last pandemic and it's like yeah the last pandemic if it you know the way the government put stuff out was like oh well it doesn't affect me um i'm just a yes just the gaze so it's the gay yeah and 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 people of color so it doesn't doesn't bother me and i i it's brought it all back for them they've kind of dealt with that time which was horrendous but now it's brought brought it back and what annoys me is how the government suddenly, oh my God, it's a pandemic. Everybody get vaccinated, do this, do yeah. that. But where were you back in the yeah, early days? Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. they did something at the end, thanks to Norman Fowler. But where were you right at the beginning? You didn't give a monkeys, you know, and that really grates on me. Yeah. I always like to start at the beginning. And that is, where are you both from? 
And at what point in your lives did you decide to get into filmmaking? Um, I'm London born and bred, and I was, I've always been creative. When I was a kid, I, got, I used to draw stories, write stories, and went, tried, attempted at acting, but it scares me too much. You know, you've got to be really, have no inhibitions in that. So I went to university to study film studies, did a little film. Um, part of the project was to do a short documentary, which I did. Sat in the audience of everyone, and we were all screening our little documentaries. Mine came on. Um, I had a little, um, like, what do you call it? One of those moments, like, I found my vote. Your moment. My yes. moment, my, my <laughs> vocation. And um, so it just came, we did this, well, mm. R32 made me realise that, yeah, I want to be a documentary filmmaker. And so we were very independent, and that's how it all started. The, you see, as for me, it was like, uh, you know, the 80s was my, my time, you know, and... And all you wanted to do, and it's not a good advert to say this, but let's go out, get pissed and have a good time and, you know, whatever, at the end of the night. And where I came from was very, very quiet and, you know, very conservative and all of that. And so I got away from that. And then you get into the moment and then when... when uh, it was, oh, we, my ex, I met my ex-partner, we moved to London, and then from that, I, I used to be a driving instructor, and um, for, in my past life, and then I met the old git sitting next door to me here, Hello. and <laughs> I, I've always been into film and, 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 and everything, and it was like, now, you know what, I'm going to, I thank this geezer as well because he said to me you know just go out and do it and yeah. and um whilst i was actually and then i did a bit of cur a bit of show for him and I, I i will just say this story i've got to thank wayne sleep now you know wayne sleep don't you the, the, the ballet dancer he used to be with the <clears throat> um royal ballet and uh you can google him afterwards and wayne i used to pick up regularly when he was doing chitty chitty bang bang and one night he said to me, he said to me, why are you doing this? And I don't disrespect people who, who do show from because you look after me very well. And I said, well, because I need to pay the bills way. And he said, but you're better than this, you know. And I, and I was talking about film and that. And he said, well, for fuck's sake, go and do it then. Sort it out. And you know what I did? Yeah, so I went to university, so did he. We then got our degrees, and that's really how we got into it. We've done stuff with Christopher Hampton, uh, live recording down at the... Um, Southwark Playhouse. The Southwark Playhouse, and, and different bits and pieces. But then we had to do a short documentary for uh, part of the, the syllabus, and we did this with Ben's dad's neighbour who has HIV and lives with HIV. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So he, we done it. And then the word got around and it was like, I hear you're doing this. You, you've done this recording. I, I would like to say something. And then someone's like, well, actually, my mate would like to as well. And then it all just stemmed from there. That, and suddenly, yeah, started. Ben says, we've got enough for a feature film here. And just as you do, you know, you make a film. And seven years later, there's the film. Yeah. And I used to do some work with Swish, which which was part of Terence Higgins Trust. And Del Campbell, thanks to him, you know, because we, um, Steve was just doing this documentary short, as I said about, um, you know, this gentleman who living with HIV. And Del, so I mentioned it at um, Swish. And then all of a sudden he, he called me up and said, there's loads of people who want to tell their stories. Lifting up a rock, and you've got loads, loads and loads of ants swarming all over the place. And I'm not referring to these people as ants, but it's just like <laughs> And they all came forward wanting to share oh, their yeah. stories. Yeah. And it's like, oh my. We had more people. It was like wildfire. Yeah, wildfire. Yeah. And it's like people from all walks of life, you know, wanting to share their stories, their experience of yeah. the H HIV. In the early years yeah because it's just it seems that we lost so many people and it just seems they've been forgotten 
for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, we've moved on. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. You know, you've got prep. You've, yeah, we, we can keep people alive now, which is brilliant. But it's mm-hmm. like, don't forget those people from the beginning who are still here. They carry a lot of baggage. And it's like, don't forget them. You know, yeah. and, and we cannot forget them. And it just seems to me that they are being forgotten and it's mm. not on. That just isn't on. You're bringing up filmmaking. I'd like to talk about your first collaboration, which was Faith, Hope and Charity. Oh, yeah, that was um, with at the Sonic Place Playhouse. It's a, it's a, a play. Is it Christopher Hunter? Yeah, it was an, it's an adaptation. Oh, of a play, uh, and it was um, adapted by uh, Christopher Hampton, the, the screenwriter. He did love, love, and I think he won another Oscar. Yeah, the Doll's House, and he's just won another Oscar th- recently. Yeah, and um, they asked us, would we would we do it live? And um, yeah, that we was went interesting, to, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we went to. We, so they asked us to yeah. fil- film it, and the woman who was directing, Leona Kustelvig. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Leon, if I thought you got your pronounced surname wrong. And um, she we she was interviewing Christopher Hampton. We filmed the, the interview and then mm. we filmed the live performance. And she had just done is it the children's hour in the She'd done the End children's hour with Ellen Burns. Ellen Burns and the mum from the Exorcist. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So so then she asked us, would we do this? So, yeah. so we, we we did it. And yeah, it, it was only done for archive purposes. Yeah. So it is yeah. there, but I don't think it, it, it's there if you want to, you know, track it down yeah. and, and watch it from the archives, but it's not it's not public, is it? No. We we want to make films about people that normally wouldn't get a yeah. And so, like you say, they're fascinating. The next one that we're gonna do is fascinating, but is that the one um uh, yeah, yeah, well, we can't say too much about that. I'm just yeah. talking about 77. Yeah, at the, moment. And, and, oh. the next one we're, we, mm. we're researching is about the formation of the Reclaim the Night movement. Mm. Absolutely fascinating, interesting women, and oh, yeah. really, really exciting. And we wanted to take but again, they wouldn't normally be, you know, tell those stories. No, and mm. we give them a platform, like with After 82, it's a platform. For them to say and uh, and I, I i love that that's why we love doing it it's just because like, they can say you like, know, yeah like, their characters yeah. and they you know they contribute to society to history to our world in small ways but the ripple effect goes mm. far and beyond Absolutely. beyond that and it's you know with what's going on in the world now it's important for people young older people whoever you are to hear these stories see these stories and to be inspired and to know that these people have a voice and through their experiences they can help you realize that you've got a voice and potential regardless of who you of who you are and that you can contribute to changing the world and our society hmm. yeah and they're, they're brilliant yeah jonathan blake is a medical marvel a modern medical marvel being one of the first people to be diagnosed with HIV in the 80s and still alive as of this recording. What was it like to meet him? And what did you take away from that interaction? Oh, God. That was interesting because we tried for ages to track him down. And I just couldn't find him anywhere. The Waldorf. The Waldorf Hotel. We we went to went there. And Mick Jackson, Jackson was there, who's depicted in the film Pride. And we went up to him and I think we approached That's him for an right. interview and he said, no, you need to speak to Jonathan Blake. That's how we got it. Yeah. And so yeah. we exchanged yeah. numbers or emails. And through that, that's how we got to meet um, Jonathan Blake. And I think the first meeting with Jonathan Blake. You what, spilled a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it? Yes, Manicomio. Oh, was it Manicomio? Yes. Another nice cafe. Right. King's Road, Duke York <laughs> Square, name shame. Um, well, not shame it. And um, that's, we met Jonathan Blake, and there's this man in his, I think it was his late, late 60s, early 70s, with, yeah. uh, with his little Mohican and a big leather kilt and studs in his mouth all coming along. And that's how we um, 
met him in a very, very interesting, inspirational mm. man and a real supporter of our project, both mm. projects. Yeah, 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 both projects. And from that, uh, Jonathan was depicted in the film Pride by Dominic West. So consequently, um, we were looking for an narrator and he said, well, my dears, why don't I speak to, to Dominic? And I was like, oh, like you do, yeah. So he said, okay, I'll send him an email. Yeah, he said, um, all right, I'll email him. And he got back and said, of course I'll do it, Jonathan. You know, when do you want me to do it? So we, we went to the BBC and we recorded the whole thing. So that's how we got Dominic West from, you know, like the world yeah. and, and all of that. And, um, but you know, there's also somebody else uh, and he is an absolute darling, um, is Rupert Whittaker, uh, Dr. Rupert Whittaker. And of course he was partner to Terry Higgins who was one of the first people to die in the UK. And he was, equally as, as, as fascinating and like I mean 19 when he, he was diagnosed, diagnosed and lost mm. his partner and lost his partner and yeah and and, mm. and we had a really good we quite a few conversations yeah and we've remained in contact and he is just such a lovely man but they've lived with this for so long yeah and, and yeah and he's so fascinating how crucial was it for you to get the key members to talk on camera oh <clears throat> Um, yeah, I think, I think you see, the difficulty that we had was, um, it's a bit like our next project, yeah. project, is that, yes, Terence Higgins, you have to have the Terence Higgins trust in the, in the film, because let's face it, during the early years, they were the people, and my God, did they, did they do some good, you know, and the people that founded it but we didn't want to make it solely about but, Terence Higgins. Yeah. So, because of course there was lots of other stuff going on. And um, that was pretty easy. We, Martin Butler, who's a real character. Um, yeah, he was like, yep, I'll do it. And then he had a friend called Tony Calvert, who was yeah. flatmate to Terry. And um, yeah, we met them and, and it was, it, it's very crucial. Like, I mean, we're doing 77, the next project, which is about um, reclaim the, the, the Reclaim the Night. But you can't have that without somewhere along the line, Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, who, in a way, moved that forward because, mm. you know, uh, uh, of, you know, we, I don't like even mentioning the man, but you know what I mean? You can't yeah. do that without mentioning these people. And I'm not putting Terence Higgins just in the same category. But what I mean is that you can't have a film about HIV, the beginnings, and not mention the Terence Higgins. Yeah. So it was very important <clears throat> they were there, but it didn't overshadow everything else. Because there's it? a lot of individual groups and, and people who haven't been referenced. And, you know, and through After 82, hopefully we have... Sh mm. Uh, shot a torch on them and I was going to say there was one person who we did have difficulty trying to find it was like trying to find a needle in a haystack it's Jonathan like Grimshaw. Jonathan Grimshaw yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. going around a maze whoa and we it took us whoa. about I think a year to find him and he's uh yeah the, the, all of him and everyone all of their their stories and, fascinating story. and they're really yeah. fabulous individuals and a real it's a big honor you mm. know but of course Ben is playing this down, of course, because as oh, well. Yeah, because Ben is very visionary, but he's also very good at interviewing people. And we spent a lot of time. What you see on the screen was like hours of meeting them, yeah. talking right. with them. Because if you go straight and say, oh, I'm going to film you now yeah. about something very sensitive, I don't know you. I don't know, do I trust you? So it took mm -hmm. a lot of time to build up trust it's with trust them. Is important. And we got like hours of footage, yeah. didn't we? Instead of just like maybe half an hour or whatever, we got oh, hours. You mentioned the film Pride. Now I come from a mining community in South Wales. And I know the movie spoke to me very personally. What did you guys think about the release of the film and the reception that it got? I think it 
response to it was very good, wasn't it? Was it was a very, um, very positive response. And I think people, whether you're gay or, you know, whatever, I think a lot of people personally connected with it. And I think there is a big thing at the moment, mm. we're looking back at history, artistically, culturally, but socially, people looking back at the 1980s. And I think Pride established yeah. that. And I, I think it was released 2010. 14, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Conservative government have been in power mm. since, since 2010. I'm not getting political, I promise. And oh, uh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's, with that them being in power, and, you know, I think that just brought back a lot of memories. And I think a lot of young people who weren't around then, you know, exactly. wanted to know the history of, of that and looking back. So I think it's... Yeah, a lot of, young, like, like, a lot yeah. of younger gay guys wouldn't know about that. No, they, 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 you know, they're not told about it anyway. And then suddenly to have this film, it's like, yeah. oh, what's this? You know. Yeah. But that film, I know, took a lot of years to get because they struggled, as per usual, in this country to get funding for that film. Mm -hmm. Where did they get the money from? Yes. America. America. <laughs> Every time. And you just, <laughs> this is a British film. But no, yeah. it's not really, it's American because it's all their money. And they struggled to get that. Yeah. And you just think, really? And there are certain organisations who we won't mention but are a waste of space. Uh -oh. um, but we're not going there, no. Censorship, I just don't feel like there's enough media out there right now. You've got, of course, you mentioned Pride. Uh, of course, your documentary after 82. But you can go back further. HBO did and the band played on. And then, of course, you've got like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, which, of course, won an Academy Award. Do you feel that there's just not enough media out there at the moment to inspire uh, the people in power to be like, you know what, it's been going on long enough. Let's get this done. No. Do you know what I think? I think it's okay. I could be careful how I put this. Okay. So you have a generation of people, and the generation at the moment is, oh, yeah, yeah, but that was in the past. Don't need to know about it. Let's move on. The good bits. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. No, we're, we're, let's deal with the now. And it's like, no, because Remember as well, a lot of the people that make the decisions for these films and everything, they probably weren't, they were knee-high to a grasshopper when this was happening. So they, they, they might have heard about it, but don't really know about it. And it's like the census of opinion, like I said with the long-term survivors, is, oh, yeah, but we've got this, no, that, no, let's move on. Woohoo, everything's wonderful. Let's fly the flag, you know, and all the rest of it. And, yeah, that's great, but, you know, that, I think, is why, like, say, It's a Sin did so well. That is the biggest one <clears throat> that, that Channel 4 streamer they've ever had, and it hit a chord. And it's like, guys, no, we do need more of this. Even though it's won some awards, it didn't get much at the BAFTAs and things. Uh, I think it wasn't eligible. Oh, it wasn't eligible. eligible. I take year, that yeah. back. Yeah, okay. I think, like with us, we struggled, we struggled. It's like, come on, you know, this is a film about HIV that is so important. Yeah. And you know what? To this day, the BBC, less said the better, won't even touch it. They don't want to know about it. Channel 4, oh, no, no, no. Sky, oh, yes, we're making our own one. Really? Mm -hmm. Go ahead and make it then. Um, and, you, and you, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. it's been a real struggle and it's like yeah they they're ticking boxes at the moment and it's time that these people just said no you know let because it's a sin proves that people need more of this yeah. so get off now that leads me into my next question which is at the time it's recording it is pride month how far do you feel that the uk has come in terms of gay rights and HIV awareness, especially in the gay community? <clears throat> I think it, we, we have progressed yeah. a lot. We have progressed, you know, you know, taken loads of leaps and bounds. The thing that I'm concerned is, is 
that I think people will start resting on their laurels ah, and think absolutely. everything's fine. No, it's not fine. You know, we, you know, we need to, uh, we need to go to other communities where, you know, where, you know, people of certain faiths are like, oh, being gay, this being gay, so we got to over overcome that and deal with that and. Yeah, well, there's also big, a kind of big macho culture, which I think is not really good for you know, mm. you know, for the community, and that we need to overcome that. I hope I've yeah. said that right. No, I know what you're. Yeah. I know what Ben's trying to say is yeah. that although we have a community, it's so divided, and I mean mm. it's ridiculously divided. So you go into a club now. Years ago, you go into a club. Doesn't matter whether you're a twink, leather. It all went, you know, who cares? But now it's like, you know, some some person will come to London, it's like, oh, I'm going on the scene. And they get there and it's like, oh, right, nobody's talking to me, aren't they talking to me? And they'll look like, oh, no, you're not leather, um, you're not twink, so what are you? Are you, you know, and they'll end up on their own again. And it's like, we need to just stop all this and just, yeah. like, take everyone for who they are. And if you want an experience and people go, how wonderful the gay community is, go on Grinder for half an hour. You'll see that, no, that we we have a problem in the gay community is that we're too judgmental against ourselves. Yeah. Mm. And there's enough people ready to knock us already. Yeah. So get off your high perch, you know, because I'm a professional gay and I'm this and I'm that. Good, lovely, we're thrilled for you. Now, what about the nitty gritty? You know, it's like... a yeah, if 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 we stopped bickering amongst ourselves, yeah. think how powerful we could be. Yeah. You know? But it's it's got too political and we can't say this because if you do, you're this, you're that, you're terrible, which is what we've had thrown at us. Yeah. And it's like how can you ridiculous. you know educate people without giving people the freedom to ask questions? I'm curious yeah. about this. I'm curious about that. Because in the gay community, we do judge ourselves, not only physically, but socially, <laughs> academically, and economically. Absolutely. And that is, as Steve said, that is seen on Grinder. We have a lot. And dare I say it, and I'm going to say something very controversial. I feel more accepted by the heterosexual community than mm. my own community. And there's You're one not thing. Alone there. <laughs> there's one thing I want to add. And this will probably you know i'll probably become you know you know have death threats or something chucked at me but well that won't be a first won't be it? first yeah. but um what i get very concerned about and it's come around with covid is that there's a lot of people we got prep and that's the really the be all and end all on the gay community and that's great but i will say still wear a condom because there are other stis out Absolutely. there and we never thought we'd have like COVID. So what's not to say that there is HIV and AIDS part two, something no, else that could come absolutely. out. So that's why, you know, we, older, the older community, the older gay male community, not all, some, you know, they say, oh, perhaps I don't need a condom. No, we, they, us, have a responsibility to educate younger gay people and straight people as well. Have, take prep, but still use a condom. You just slip it over, no pun intended. You realise you'll be barrack now. Yeah, but I, 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 you've got to say it, because there's there could be another lethal sexually transmitted disease out there, and we need to be aware, because you never yeah, thought we'd go... they're told. They're told. Oh, it's all right. Don't want to wear <laughs> condom. You've got, you've got prep. Now you're fine. Are you yeah. enjoying this, Derek? No, no, no. What you're saying to me is is absolutely fascinating. And the reason I say that is because I know a lot of where I live. I know a lot of gay men. I know a lot of gay women. And they talk openly about prep and condom use and so forth. But the problem we have over here is we don't have the NHS. We have a lot of private doctors that prescribe it. And you have to go to clinics as well to get it. But the problem also is... Gilead Sciences, uh, their refusal to make a generic version of PrEP. And that's been a real hindrance uh, for people over here where they're having to rely on condoms and such. And I just wish that Gilead would, it's like pulling teeth to get them to do anything. They're all about the dollars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. This is what, 
There, well, we, yeah, I won't say what there, There's yeah. someone who, um, a doctor, he's a gay doctor, who's told us some very interesting, interesting information. And we would love to say, <laughs> we can't. but we, we can't, can't you know, it, no, I'm not going to say it because that would be. But it was extremely interesting. And interesting, yeah. Your show would go viral if we <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We all had to go into hiding, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah. yeah. But like Ben said, you see, this, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. There are some wonderful, brilliant people out there who are so behind us and everything. And peeps, we are absolutely grateful to you. But there's one or two spiteful little bastards out there who decided one night that they would stand outside our flat and say, how long have you been spreading AIDS yeah. for? And you, your film's going to make a difference. But they didn't realise that we track them. And yes, the police have it and all the rest of it. So they know who they are. <laughs> and they're yeah. just waiting for them to slip up again, which I'm sure they will. And well, they're well on their way already. Um, but yeah. That's the sort of stuff that we've had. And some have been downright bloody horrible. But you right. know what bitchy gays are like. Yeah. But you, you know, know what? You know what? I'm of a certain age. Bring it on. Because I have run out of fucks to give to these people, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you don't like it, which is don't talk to me then. Mm. I don't care anymore. But to those people that... that uh, have been so wonderful and beautiful to us. Yeah. You know, we, from the bottom of our hearts, we say a huge, massive thank you. And of course, continuing support with the yeah. new project. So. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stand up, have a good stretch, do some of those deep breathing exercises we talk about, you know, Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Refresh your drink and listen to these friends of the show. It's time for an ad! Hi folks, I'm Tyler Armentrout. I'm Christopher Whedon. I'm Zach Mech. And I'm Jerry Nash. And, and we're, we're the History Boys. Boys. And we're kicking your door down with a Bluetooth speaker and an 18-pack of beer. Ready to start party. It's my favorite history podcast on all the internet, not just because I'm on it, but because I listen to every episode full blast in my house drives my wife up a wall. This is the History Podcast for all you cool kids that sat in the back of the classroom. That's right. We are a comedy history podcast or a history comedy podcast. Podcast, any which way you look at it. We are the History Boys. That is spelled B-O-I-Z for those counting. And we are found anywhere you find your podcasts. Love you, bye. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add the Derek Duvall Show in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Dude, there's so much stuff to watch. I know, but that's why we're here. We're Watchernaut with Jay and MJ. I'm Jay. I'm MJ. And we're a comedic. And sometimes explicit. Podcast binging through all the shows available today. And we'll tell you whether it's a watch. It's definitely watchable. It's definitely like a really, really cute, light show. I, I just I, I just enjoyed it. I look forward to every Friday having this come out. Or not. It's not going to be able to catch my attention in the same way a more adult Game of Thrones kind of fantasy show did. Or a little bit of both. The show to me was so ridiculous that there was no way I couldn't have watched it. I mean, there are shows that are bad, but there are shows that are so bad they're good. And this show is so bad that I am going to be watching season two. Are we always going to stay on topic? No, obviously not. But we will give you our honest review. Well thought out and unapologetic. Subscribe to Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. Wherever you download podcasts. Welcome back to Vol Nation. I hope you do tune in after the end of my show to some of my friend's shows. They are quite entertaining. So let's get right back into it. Here is the conclusion of our interview with Ben Lord and Stephen Giebel, the creators of the documentary After 82, The Untold Story of the AIDS Crisis in the UK. I want to go ahead and circle back to the film. When did the film premiere and what was the reaction from the people who were actually in the film? Oh, 
Crikey, that oh, was good. Yeah, yeah, we're going back a bit. Aren't we? This is um, July 2018. I think so. Yeah, I and it's so. Curse yeah, yeah, yeah. Soho. It's great. They've it's all been real vocal supporters. They've, they've all been fantastic. And um, yeah, they're really, really supportive. And it's just funny. I think I remember Michelle Ross Turner um, after at the after show party. And um, she, I, I can visualize, visualize her now. She's really kind of moved and everything. And she's, um, yeah, she, she, she looks this really, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. my dad came up and kissed her on the hand. And I think that moved her all the more. He treated her like a queen. It's like, Pa, <laughs> this is our moment, go away. Um, but they, they've all been, yeah, they've been really, really grateful and really supportive. And I think a, a couple of them were really, really moved. And, yeah. Um, yeah, they I couldn't. They they, yeah. There was one gentleman, and we didn't interview this gentleman for the film, but um, during the screening, he we noticed a couple of times he scuffled off because we were out in the corridor and he kept mm. scuffling off. And we said, "What's you know? What's are you okay?" And he said, um, "Yeah, no." He said, "No, no, no. I'm absolutely fine." He said, "It's just that you you filmed at the London Lighthouse, which we'll, we'll tell you about in a in a bit." And he said, and, and my partner died there and, and I had this bench in his, you know, in his name in the garden. And you, you've just brought his bench up on the, on the screen yeah. there. And I was like, wow, I am so sorry. I didn't understand that. He said, no, no, I'm perfectly all right with it. But it's just like that moment you look and think, oh, my God. And, and that's why I sort of had to go out quickly. But uh, yeah, no, I mean it's it's been a very good response overall yeah. to, to to the film, and they've been very supportive of it. Now, like I said, I've seen it twice, and I felt it was powerful. It was very moving. But the one thing that I took away from it the most, and I hope you don't get offended by this, is it was sobering, very sobering, it very was. sobering. But this yeah. just because, like I said, it's you mentioned earlier, it's a past that some people have tried to forget or they don't talk about anymore and bringing it up you're just like holy shit i can't believe that this happened this way um how do we how do we make this right and so forth and i thought that that was something i took away from it not whether you're intending to do that or not i don't know but that's what i took away from it yeah we wanted you know there's a lot of of of, of, um documentaries about there that it's the medical side and this side and everything. And it's like, no, you're not getting to the core. We wanted to make it as organic as possible. So there's no frills here. This is how it was, you know. And like you said, it, it, it's, it's sobering. And we want, it was very difficult when we were filming it because it had to be paced properly, you know. The next thing that we do is going to be very snappy, very mm. quick. But you couldn't do that with After 82 because no. it would be disrespectful. So mm -hmm. it had to be paced. It had to be the right music. And we had a we had a composer who'd done the whole thing for us. And, um, yeah, but we did, as they say, warts and all. We, we just wanted to give people the facts and then you can take those facts away with you and... Yeah, that's how we wanted it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I was just going to say, the people we interviewed, they were young, you know, 18, 19, early yeah. 20s, and, you know, experiencing life, enjoying life, and mm. then this virus appeared and, you know, caused devastation for, for them, and they lost yeah. loads of people and their families. And I, you know, and I think it's, with after 82, this was, you know, for them, uh, very therapeutic but you know but also a look back for them to mm. remember and and i think out something pardon the pun something positive came out and it rupert i asked that rupert um Whitaker this question and i think a lot of people who lost their loved ones to hiv and aids self and thought this could be my kid yeah, yeah. So i think it did i hate saying this i think a lot of good came out of it it won't mm. make people awake not in just this country, but globally in some countries now, but it brought the LGBT community forward and 
you know, and gave oh, us a did. big it limelight. Did. So it yeah. caused a lot of ch social changes, like, you know, the age of concern, equal marriage, even though it's taken a long time. It, you know, I think there is something kind of positive that's come out of that. And I think that's why it's important for people, whether they're gay or straight, to see this and think, and especially young people think, this could be me. And maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know, in 30, 40 years' time, there might be somebody doing after 20 about being young and living through the COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. You mentioned a point earlier, and I thought about it a few minutes ago, so I thought I'd bring it up, is that um, you mentioned earlier a generation gap, and like in World War One, there was a huge generation gap, uh, especially amongst the young, young population, because so many men had gone and died in the battlefields of Europe. Yeah, I, um, that's, that's a bit what I was trying to put across earlier. It's almost like we did lose a generation of people, and the... The, I was speaking to this lovely lady um, last night who was telling me that, you know, she worked at the London Lopez and um, that she said they were, there was a waiting list and you would see them one day. They were gone the next, literally mm -hmm. like that. And some of them had nobody. They'd been chucked out by their family. And I don't know how people can do that just is beyond me, but they did. And they yeah. would be up there, they'd be, and she said, and they had no one. And I used to just sit there and just hold the hand. All they wanted was someone who gave up, you know, and yeah. sat there on their bed. And she said, and that's all they wanted. But that's how bad it was. Yeah. And, and to take it a step further, a lot of those people, as soon as they died, suddenly, these parents who didn't want to know were back. Oh, he's got a flat. Did he buy it? Oh, where's his flat? And yeah, they would yeah. his flat out. They, for want of a better word, they loot the flat. And oh, we'll put that on like he never existed. Project Lighthouse figures heavily in the last part of After 82. And you are currently right now spearheading a project to get a memorial made how far along are you in the process of getting the memorial done right now? And how much further have you got to go? Right. Okay. Well, you know, it all came about because one day we, we were, me and Ben, were walking past the lighthouse and I said to him, where's that plaque gone? There's a plaque. There shouldn't be a plaque because it's now the, the Museum of Brands. And Ben went, good boy, where is it? Yeah. So we rang up our publicist and said, there's no plaque at this London lighthouse anymore. So... So she said, right, we'll, we'll sort that out, you know. And so we put it on Twitter. And it turned out that it was in the garden. And then we sort of, all three of us got chatting and saying, well, it, there should be a memorial or something here, shouldn't there? And then it turned into, right, well, this is the most obvious place that a memorial should be. And in the garden of remembrance because there are so many people's ashes uh, scattered in that garden it's at least 350 there's no official but i think you probably double it you're getting near to the amount of people yeah. and that we then said well why not turn it into like a package a whole education so a lot of the people, a lot of the younger people, and it doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight or whoever, whatever you identify as, you come there and you will you will be told this is not just because you get a stack, you get a memorial. Oh, yeah, nice memorial. Anyway, she'll go have coffee, you know, and off you go. No, it's there. The memorial is there for those that if you want to come, you, you had people because remember, a lot of people had nothing to remember. That their, their loved one from but now they can go and sit they can contemplate um we can celebrate those that are still here those mm -hmm. that are there to support them and you will you there will be signs to to tell people what was happening so the whole thing will be a package and an education center if if you like and so that started and we were like yep right we'll do it and and we have the most wonderful publicist for anyone out there. If you need a publicist, Michelle Hatcher Media is the person <laughs> for you. So I've got it in Michelle. See, see. Um, <laughs> tell me to do it, by the way. And we've got but a she's just so team. brilliant. We've got a wonderful cat, Romani, Gerard, Romani, Gerard, who Chris, 
yeah, Chris from who who is CEO of the of the House of Brands, um, Museum of Brands. I always want to call it House of Brands. Um, and and so we've got a really good team. And so we were like, so how are we going to raise this money? And then we came up with the idea of, well, let's have a concert. Why not? So. I, I'm not going to say too much about it, but yes, this concert will be on and it will be one of the biggest concerts you have seen for probably at least 30 years. Can't say too much, but we're in negotiations at the moment and we're 99.9% .9 there. And basically, yeah, it's you're looking at probably 80 odd thousand people. Um, but that money will go towards a legacy because what we want to do, we don't just want to build it and go, that's it, great, lovely. We want to then use that money to say, because a lot of HIV organisations, they get a lot of money yeah. and they spread it around. But very often there are people that like, you know, I really need this and I can't pay this or I can't pay that. So we will be there to help those not such big charities if they need it and that's what that legacy will yeah. do and um yeah we're just um we're so proud of everyone all the team yeah everybody who said well i've got a story i've got a story to tell so if i can just say now if there's anyone out there who wants to tell us a story from the lighthouse please do get in contact with us because we'd love to hear your story. We want to build like a community, a, a load of stories that will go onto the website and people can, do, do you know what I mean? And um, yeah. so that that's, we've, we've had so many so far come forward. And like I say, the lady last night, fascinating, lovely story. And um, yeah, so I was just going to just say David Kenny, who ah, worked on After yes. 82 and is doing yeah. a song for this project. He's he's a little god, he's a big godsend and a real talent. Yeah, he's um, yeah. he's recording one of his own songs, which is very relevant. And <clears throat> again, that will go on to a streamer where people can pay whatever to listen to it, and all of that money is going to go to getting this lighthouse yeah. that mm -hmm. lighthouse the memorial um built but yeah. i mean uh, i just need to explain as well to those people that don't know that the london lighthouse was a hospice and a place where people could go just for respite or you know if it was the final days um it was residential but it was an absolute godsend and and it the first of its kind when it first came out and, and just to add like yeah elizabeth taylor and princess diana oh, gosh, yeah. there. Uh, george michael yeah. so many people and elton elton, elton yep, yeah so elton john yeah and um it's lovely because with with the with, with the moves that um the london lighthouse project um EJAF, which is the Elton John AIDS Foundation, they're, they're very much with us and supporting us. And, and that's fantastic. We're, we're so grateful to them and to everybody who is supporting us, whether they're tweeting and, you know, it's just great. It's, it's so, it's heartwarming because it's very difficult to explain, but I did work there. Um, as you know to drive people around and the transport and that because i was with freedom cars at the time who were the first gay um cab firm in europe and um yeah and i've got lots of stories to tell and that but the thing is people listening to this when i say if you work there it's just something and still is very special and it's something i can't put into words and the lady i was speaking with last night she was the same it's just very difficult to put into words but if you've worked there you know exactly what i'm talking about it's just a very special place it's incredible i subscribe to aids cure on the google alerts now 
our days now, it's a chronic but manageable illness. How far do you think we are now from actually having an established proven cure? Okay, so I think like with cancer, uh, it could be cured very, very quickly, but it's not in the pharmaceuticals interest really because you find a cure. And what about all the people who are relying on your medication who mm-hmm. it's billions and trillions of pounds a year? That's my personal opinion. That's what I think. And that's very cruel. And I just think it's wrong. But yes, I think, yeah, that's the answer, really. It could be a lot quicker. But I think we're certainly not far off. And they can't keep this up forevermore. There's there's going to be a time where they've got to say, okay, you know, um, yeah, I think we're quite close to the end with you. But um, yeah, that's my <clears throat> I like to end my interviews with my absolute favorite question, and that question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what is the one thing that you would like to say to the people of Earth? Fuck you all. No, no. <laughs> 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 Um, no. Don't go flying back from chair. And what would I like? Do you know what? You're only here once, so make the most of it. Don't listen to other people. Just if you want to do it, you do it. And don't tell that anyone. Yeah. If we if we listen to every single person that went, oh, it's taken a long time. Oh, why are you bothering? After 82 wouldn't have been made. Yeah. So if you want something, you go out and you get it because you can if you want. But how much do you want that? And just be nice to people. Yeah. It it, it, it takes less effort to be nice than it does to be rude. So just be nice. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone in the world, just be nice. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Be kind to everyone. Be proud of yourself. Always follow your dreams and go for them. Life is like mount- Life is like climbing... A mountain in flip-flops. You can do it. And also two things. Let's fight climate change. I've got to say it. And secondly, and it's to my father, Ted Lord, who has helped greatly and, you know, has been a great financial support. Be proud. You contributed to After 82. So stop moaning and being a... (laughs) Whinging old git. Whinging old git and be proud. (laughs) Seriously, you've done something in life. Apart from me, which, as I know, is a lifelong project, which has been achieved after <laughs> after, after 82 is the other one as well. So there we are. There. So do you want to go ahead and tell everybody how they can find you on social media and how to view the film currently? Absolutely. Um, right. So we are on Amazon. And if you go to 82 Films uh, Limited, we do have loads of um, the downloads there as well. And you can pick your specific one. It, it's on iTunes as well. It's on BFI Player. Um, so, yeah, the best thing to do is to go to 82 Films Limited. Um, and we also, or after82movie.com. And then we have about the project there as well, the Lighthouse Project. We have a bit about us and, and everything as well. So, you get everything on that the same as you do on the one is the works website and one is is like for after 82 isn't it um and also you can go to um lighthouse mem one uh on twitter um or the uh it's the aids i'm trying to think with all these different names there um, AIDS Memorial and Education Centre on Facebook, you can find us, um, and also on Instagram. And there will be more news uh, because we are going to be releasing After 82 very shortly now in America and around the world. And the some of the royalties from that will be going to the Lighthouse Project. But more on that very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Stephen, Ben, thanks so much to both of you Thank for coming you. on the show. This has been you, this has been fantastic. I have I haven't I haven't quite enjoyed an interview like this in a while. This this is great. <laughs> yeah.
Oh, you still have the greatest. I think. All right, you've still got the greatest answer to that question. I, that's great. I... <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. I just. I'm like, oh yeah. No. <laughs> and just like that, Duval Nation, another episode of the Derek Duval Show is in the books. I want to thank Stephen and Ben. Those two are an absolute pleasure to chat with, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll hear more from them down the road. After 82, the untold story of the AIDS crisis in the UK is now available globally, so be sure to check out after82movie.com to find out the best way to watch it. Can you believe we are coming up on a one-year anniversary? Gotta think of something fun for that one. I have a few ideas, but one of them is so far-fetched that getting the key people in mind to do it would be a task in itself. But rest assured, old Derek will come up with something. They are filming the new Martin Scorsese film here in Tulsa, and yes, Leo sightings are becoming the new Bigfoot sightings around here. Also, Robert De Niro's in town, and that's been pretty awesome too. He's been showing up all over the place. Mrs. Duvall and I made a trip out to Pahuska, Oklahoma last weekend to eat at the Pioneer Woman's Restaurant. It was a good experience, and we took a very interesting trip out to the place she films her show. That was really fun. What a beautiful area they film in. That, that property is just incredible ranch i apologize that ranch is just incredible all right so on behalf of the entire production team here at the derek duvall show i want to say let's kick the shit out of delta get the vaccine together we can end this horrible pandemic nosda god bless and see you next time planet earth this has been a recording of the derek duvall show and we thank you for listening Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.